Oh, that's a great question because it's like everything has changed. I mean, it, when you look back in the day, even some of my really old blog posts from like 2006 and seven or even eight, you know, it was just so different. Like we didn't take original photography. Like we would just, if we were writing about a beauty product, we would take the image off Sephora. And yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like technically you're not supposed to do that, but no brand is ever going to be like, how dare you say good things about my product and use it? You know, like they liked it because essentially you're promoting their product. Yeah. So I never had any issues, you know, just using the stock images from Sephora, Ulta, wherever it was from, or even the brands directly. And then as time went on, as like fashion bloggers became a bigger thing, the original photography became a thing. And I really, I was hesitant because I was like, oh, like I don't want to have to like pay someone to take these photos. And, yeah. and I finally caved around like I want to say 2013 or 14 maybe, maybe it was 14. And it was, it was a total game changer. You know, I, I, I totally get it now. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers, and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join the community, and I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty. We have a good time over there. The content is amazing, if I do say so myself. But every Friday, what I like to do is something called the Friends in Beauty Friday feature, where every Friday I spotlight a different friend in beauty and their accomplishments. So no matter how big or small you think it is, I want to shout you out. I want to send you some good vibes. So all you have to do is use the hashtag FIB Friday feature and tag Friends in Beauty on something that you have accomplished and I'll share it with the community. Additionally, the Friends of Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And whatever platform you're listening from right now, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends of Beauty podcast. I truly appreciate you. And I would love it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, a comment, a subscribe, a like, a share, something to let me know how you feel about the Friends of Beauty podcast. Also, Join the Friends and Beauty mailing list tribe. What I like to do throughout the week is send out different business resources, tips, motivation, inspiration, all of that good stuff. So if that's something that you're interested in as well, the link for that will be down in the show description. And last but not least, the most important thing is to share the Friends and Beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared share 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 a way to help me grow the friends and beauty community now today on the friends of beauty podcast i welcome 
Jamie Stone to the Friends and Beauty guest chair. Jamie Stone is a beauty and fashion social media expert turned podcast host. She is the host and producer of A Little Too Much, a podcast about women who some might say are a little too much. Jamie began her career in the PR world and made a pivot to an entrepreneurial lifestyle. After years of working on the PR and marketing side of the beauty industry, Jamie took her insider knowledge and started her blog, honestlyjamie.com, where she uses her background to decipher between which products really work and what's just marketing magic. And she is also known as one of the first beauty bloggers. She is an OG in the game, okay? Honestly, Jamie is daily doses of beauty, lifestyle, fashion, and pop culture with a little sarcasm mixed in. She has contributed to thewomenhealthmagazine.com, today's show, and so much more. I had such a great time chatting with Jamie. She was so much fun. And wait until you see the little special guest that made a cameo during her interview. But during this interview, Jamie shares how her journey in the beauty industry began, how her background in PR and marketing helped her in her business, and she also gives us some tips for beauty pros looking for PR representation. Being one of the first beauty bloggers is something that we talked about as well. And also, if there's still a future for blogging, we also talked about creative ways to connect with your audience, her podcast a little too much, grief advocacy, and so much more. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Jamie Stone. And if you prefer to see our beautiful faces, then make sure you tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty Podcast, Jamie. Thank you for having me and for having my cat, Gemma. Gemma <laughs> is more than welcome. Everybody knows I am the cat lady. If anything is welcome <laughs> on this podcast, it is a cat, okay? <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to get to learn more about you, Jamie. Um, your business looks amazing. Your background is amazing that I really oh, want to yeah. dive into. But before we start, I like to start yeah. off with icebreakers just to warm us up and stuff. So first one, just give us three random facts about you. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, I'm originally from New York. I've lived in LA for, uh, since 2009. However, I can't do the math on that right now. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see what else I am left-handed and, um, I've had my blog since 2006, which is like mm-hmm. kind of a fun fact long time ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, if you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick right now? Oh God, it's been so long because obviously COVID karaoke is not very conducive to that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, right now I'd probably sing Katy Perry Firework just because mm-hmm. it's like a fun, lively song. Yeah, so we need that to yeah. brighten up our lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I have these things called pod decks that my sister got for me for the holidays. Oh, It has like, um, these are a would you rather deck and this one is what the heck. And then they also have decks that kind of help you if you want to think of different topics for your podcast and stuff. Oh, how fun. That's a great idea. I love these. So I'll ask you a question from whichever one you want. What the heck or would you rather? Oh, I I always love a would you rather. Okay. Yeah. And these things are interesting. Sometimes sometimes (laughs) I just put them right back in the deck. Like I'm not going to read that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, pick a good one. This one says, would you rather eat peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese sandwiches every day? Oh, I'm going to go with grilled cheese just because I actually, I was like a weird kid and um, like 
I really never liked peanut butter with jelly. Like I would eat a peanut butter sandwich, but like the jelly could not be involved. So I have to go with grilled cheese. Okay. That sounds good to me. I think I would probably go with grilled cheese too. Yeah. Yeah. You could switch up the different cheeses. Exactly. Different breads. Yeah. 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 Put some tomatoes in there. Some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dress it up. Uh, What do people always tell you that you're good at? I, you know what, I guess most frequently lately, I would say my podcast, mm-hmm. uh, my podcast is a little too much with Jamie Stone and like, it's, you know, it's new ish, but, um, people seem to really like it and they think that my interview style is fun. So I would say that. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, when is the last time you did something for the first time? Oh my gosh. It's so hard. Like with COVID, I'm like, my life is just so <laughs> boring. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time I did something for the first time. Um, I, okay. I would say I started taking tennis lessons before COVID. Um, and so that was like, I guess two years ago at this point. So yeah, mm-hmm. tennis lessons, which is okay. fun. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's a lot of running for me. It's <laughs> so much running. Like you don't realize it. Like I think you'd people just realize, or I don't know, maybe it was just me. Like I always thought like, oh, you stand there and you hit the ball. No, it's so much cardio. You have no idea. It really is. Anything <laughs> with too much cardio. I'm like, mm, can we play well, table it, tennis? No, like exactly. And it's so crazy too, because so the first time you do it, if you're out of shape, like I am, like you're, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be hard to do the running, but usually mm-hmm. the first couple of lessons you take, it's not so much running because you're just learning how to actually hit, hit the ball. The ball. Yeah. But that also is hard because your muscles are so sore the next day from like you know you're doing motions you're not used to doing so like my arms were sore my hips were sore from the twisting (laughs) it was insane and then once you get that down then they make you do the running and like that's that is the hard part for me it's like I just have no gas in my tank after a certain point I'm like I need to stop running and then they'll be like okay you could do something in place like serves I'm like okay great I could do that and then you start discovering all these muscles you didn't know you had exactly (laughs) So the last one is if you weren't a beauty expert, podcaster, blogger, what else could you see yourself doing? You know, I think as I get older, I have this like fantasy in a weird way where like maybe it'll happen one day, but probably not till I'm much, much older where I um, run an animal sanctuary, probably specifically for cats. You yeah. know, you got to hire me. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, I think that's something probably like for retirement, maybe I would really like to do. Oh my gosh. I would be like the happiest woman on earth to work there. I know. And like, there's so many fun ways to do, I mean, it would have to be in an area, like I think, you know, where I live in LA because to have like indoor outdoor space for the cats where the weather is good. So they can kind of have more, you know, places to run around and sit outside and um, yeah, just like a sanctuary where, you know, they're all going to be adoptable obviously, but they can live there if they're not adoptable. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the dream. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us, the icebreakers. I feel like I learned a little bit about you. You Yeah, those are good questions. But I would love to jump into who is Jamie Stone? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, So originally from New York, like I mentioned, um, I lived in New York City before moving out to LA in 2009 and always worked in the beauty industry for the most part. Um, Different PR agencies, mostly. When I moved out to LA, I started doing more like, well, it was called like media relations back then because the word influencer didn't really exist. It was like bloggers essentially. Um, So that's sort of like my marketing background kind of started uh, doing mostly influencer relations, media relations, still like dabbling in PR and social media. Um, And I've always had my blog on the side as well since 2006. So I was like one of the first beauty bloggers. I call, we call ourselves OGs, OG beauty (laughs) bloggers. Um, And that came about essentially because 
when I was working in PR at the time in New York, our clients were emailing us, oh, there's these new things called beauty blogs. Like, let's get some of our, you know, our products and our brands like on these blogs. And I, being the media relations person, you know, were, was just handed this task and nobody really knew what they were doing. It was kind of just like the wild west, you know? And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll like read these blogs and figure out, you know, what to pitch them and stuff. And when I was doing my research, I was like, you know what? I actually really love these, they're great. Like blogs are fun to read. And I've always loved writing and I love beauty. Like I want my own beauty blog. Yeah. So that's kind of how that came about. Um, but yeah, I've always had it sort of on the side while doing marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to today, I'm full-time um, like marketing, consulting, blogging, and podcasting. So kind of all three together. Wow. So like you're a true entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. <laughs> always something different. <laughs> How was that transition? You going from like working in the firm and then having your own business? Yeah, no, it was, you know what I think I was kind of lucky because mine was really, I guess, spawned by the fact that in 2000, I guess it was like 2013, I want to say I got laid off from my last like full-time role and, you know, it was just like, couldn't afford to keep me anymore. And it was the second or third time that it happened, like not in a row, but I was just like, you know what, I'm getting to a point where like the teams are getting cut. I'm always like me and like, you know, two other people are always like the first to get cut essentially. Cause marketing yeah. is always in you know, the budget goes first when brands are out of money. And I'm like, I have a lot of relationships and contacts, like maybe I should just try it and see what happens. And so mm-hmm. my transition wasn't like a deep dive because it was, I was more like, oh, I'll, I'll do this freelancing thing and I'll keep looking for jobs and if see what happens. And nothing full-time ever really came up that really made me want to stop doing the consulting and freelancing. So yeah, it wasn't like one day I was like, I'm done. Like, cause that, that's <laughs> a lot harder. That's a lot scarier. I think, yes. especially a lot of my friends are like, I don't know how you did it. I'm like, well, I didn't really have a choice. Like I didn't have a job. So like, I was like, let me work while I'm trying to find another job. Um, and that's a little bit different, but you know, all good. Got you. So being one of the first beauty bloggers back then, how was it, how was it when you were first blogging then versus now? Like what has changed in the industry during that such that time frame? Oh, that's a great question. Cause it's like, everything has changed. I mean, mm-hmm. it, when you look back in the day, even some of my really old blog posts from like 2006 and seven or even eight, you know, it was just so different. Like we didn't take original photography. Like we would just, if we were writing about a beauty product, we would take the image off Sephora and you know what I mean? Like technically you're not supposed to do that, but no brand is ever going to be like, how dare you say good things about my product and use them? You know, like (laughs) they liked it because essentially you're promoting their product. So I never had any issues, you know, just using the stock images from Sephora, Ulta, wherever it was from, or even the brands directly. And then as time went on, as like fashion bloggers became a bigger thing, the original photography became a thing. And I really, I was hesitant because I was like, oh, like, I don't want to have to like pay someone to take these photos. And, yeah. and I finally caved around, like, I want to say 2013 or 14, maybe, maybe it was 14. Um, and it was, it was a total game changer. You know, I, I, I totally get it now. Original photography, it allows the reader to kind of connect with you on a more, um, you know, like organic way, I guess, and, yeah. and organic level. They can see what you look like. They can see the product on your skin and kind of compare it. Um, so that's like, a, that's definitely a big change in the beginning. I would say also just the fact that, um, you know, I say this on from both the blogger side and the marketing side, back in the day, like a brand could just send a blogger products and they would write about it that, mm-hmm. you know, if they liked it. Right. And now you gotta pay them. Yeah, you gotta pay exactly. <laughs> and listen, on my blog, it's not all pay for play. Like I almost, you know, I would say, you know, 85, 90% of the content is not sponsored. It's just, um, I'm very selective about what I do write about, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to really like it. I test everything. And unfortunately, like I don't have the time to test every single thing that gets sent to me. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, if a brand is like, Hey, we really want you to feature this, this product, then they're probably going to have to pay me if they want to kind of like cut the line and, yeah. and have me try it first. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So is there still a future with blogging being as though people are switching over to like video, more so video content and stuff? I think blogs will always exist. You know, I, I don't know necessarily if like long form, like read, you know, readable posts are going to be around. And I think those have also faded over time too. Cause to your point, video is something that like everyone is focused on or should be focused on right now. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's been that way for a while. And I think one of the really interesting things too, is that, um, you know, people have had a lot of issues with Instagram. And yeah. creators, especially just not Instagram has just not been very supportive of creators. And then when TikTok came around, which is obviously all video, I think Instagram realized they need to do something to like keep their creators on that platform because almost everybody I know, like has a TikTok account, like, you know, yeah. maybe they're not super active, but they're like dabbling in it still. It's still a little I just bit surrendered to TikTok. I just surrendered. It's <laughs> so good. You will not regret it. I actually just hit a thousand followers today. Okay. I was super excited. I know. And the thing is, look, you still have to put work in You're, you know, you're not, everybody is going to post one video and go viral. If you do, God bless you. You know, <laughs> like, right. I think that's definitely not the majority. It's still work, but mm-hmm. you know, TikTok does push out the content for creators in a much better way than Instagram has and does. So, you know, I think now Instagram just announced recently, like, oh, we're going to really focus on video. It's like, why would you do that? Like now right. you're competing with TikTok even more and everybody knows that you suck compared to TikTok. You should still focus on photos and that kind of they stuff. Do that. They I always know. try to keep up with all the apps. They try to copy everybody. And like, you yeah. know, I think sometimes it works, right? Because they copied um, Snapchat with Instagram stories and like right. now everybody loves Instagram stories. Right, so right. like that worked. TikTok kind of, I'm sorry, Snapchat kind of went away. But I feel like my gut is telling me that TikTok is not going to be affected by Instagram at all. I don't think so. Because the younger generation are on it more so. Yes. So I have a 12-year-old nephew and he like a couple years ago did make an Instagram and I said something. I was like, oh, you never post. He goes, Instagram's for old people. (gasps) Are we old? I know. I know. And he, I'm like, what? He's like, everyone's on uh, TikTok and Snapchat and then um, what's House Party? That's the other one he likes. Oh, okay. And I, like, and I just had a curiosity. I was like, what about Facebook? He goes, that's for grandmas. And I was like, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I agree with that. <laughs> like if Instagram is for old people, then Facebook is definitely for grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about what you do? I would say one thing that really stuck out to me, I think over the past year and a half with the pandemic is that, um, my longtime followers and blog readers um, have started reaching out more and DMing me more on Instagram. And like, that has been really special to me. Um, You know, I'm at a point where like, I'm not inundated with DMs. Like I know people who have half a million followers. They're like, I can't even answer everybody. Like, it's just too much. I'm not at that point. So for me, it's still like really nice when somebody, you know, was like, I've been reading your blog for 10 years. And you know, can you help me? I'm trying to find this moisturizer. My skin's been breaking out. Like that is, I love that part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I connect with my readers and my followers. And, um, you know, I obviously like, I've always had followers. I've always had readers, but they're, they're more vocal now than I think they have been. And I don't know if that has to do with the pandemic. Maybe that was just weird timing, but it could have also been the fact that I was sharing like much deeper, more personal stuff over the past, you know, two or three years. Yeah, um, so I think people feel more comfortable to like open up when you do that. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I was just talking to someone about like just telling your story, sharing your story, just makes you more relatable. Yep. Makes people feel like they could connect to you more when they find something in common with you. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How was the pandemic during that time? Did you have a lot of time to like digest all these products and? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I did do a good amount of blogging over the pandemic. I did, I I am on like a little bit of a hiatus. I'm restarting again in August. I did take off the last like two or three months just because I had some, um, like my dad passed away a couple of years ago and I was like dealing with his estate and it was just complicated and stressed me out quite honestly. So I was like for my mental health, you know, what's up, Simone? <laughs> like, you know, you have to, you have to make sacrifices for your mental health and do what's right for you. And I was like, I know people are going to be disappointed, but I'm doing what's right for me. And, yeah. um, you know, so I took a little bit of a break, but I, I would say, you know, over the pandemic, I did enjoy content creation and I really tried to cater the blog content, especially to pandemic stuff. Like I did a lot of posts on like how to do your own pedicure, how to, you know, give yourself a spa day at home, how to like, you know, cover up gray roots for your hair, like things like that. And the content did really well because people had a lot of time and it was really of interest to them. They're like, holy crap, like how am I supposed to give myself a manicure? And I'm like, here, step by step, here's how to do it. Yeah, I love that. And I was going to ask you, I just had something that slipped my mind, but I know during the pandemic, people were like constantly buying products. I had different clients like (laughs) that wanted to do makeup lessons because they had bought so much stuff over the pandemic that they did not know how to use. Yeah. It was crazy. (laughs) How does your PR background help you um, in your business now? Yeah, no, I think it helps me a lot. And that's something that's a great question because I think people outside of the world might not really think that, but it, it does because you know, when brands pitch me or approach me for sponsored content, I, I know both sides of it. So I'll say like, okay, I know why you're asking for X, Y, and Z, but here's how we make it make sense for me too. Like finding compromises and stuff. Um, And I think just in terms of like also having contacts in beauty, my PR background helped me a lot too. Cause I, you know, I know so many people from New York to LA and just all over the place. Yeah. Is it possible for um, people in the beauty industry to represent themselves as PR? Do they need like a little bit of a background or would you suggest them just like getting somebody to do it for them? I, you know, and then I get asked that question a lot and I always feel a little bit guilty for the answer because I know that PR is expensive and I know that not every startup brand can afford it, but if you can afford it, even somebody just like temporary part-time, if you can find someone just maybe even retroactively to do stuff for you, um, I think it's really beneficial because there is a format in a way that things are done in the industry. And mm. I, you know, I get pitched by founders in the most inappropriate ways, like on LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> over DM, like DM is fine if you have a quick question, but like, don't send me your pitch over DM. My email is very clearly in my Instagram bio. Like there's a little button you can click that says email, you know, it's, it's like little things like that. Um, you know, a lot of brands, that don't have PR will also, you know, reach out and be like, Hey, we'd love to send you a lipstick in exchange for three Instagram posts and three Instagram. It's like, honey, no, I no. not the way it works. <laughs> That's not how that works. No. <laughs> so I think if it's something that you could feasibly do, even like on a small scale, I think there, you know, there is a lot of benefits to it. If you really want to get your name out there. Yeah. And I guess the role of a PR, would it differ based off of what the brand is looking to accomplish? Because do like some PR get you like publications, some get your products in front of people or do they, is it like the roles kind of interchange? Yeah. I mean, I would say generally speaking, 
PR is probably the same, but like if you had something specific in mind, you know, they can, they usually adapt their PR strategy to that. Like, yeah, I've had that situation too, where someone's like, oh, we don't really care about magazines. We only want to be in like websites, like things like that. Got you. And I remember what I was going to ask you now. So you mentioned during the pandemic, you focused your content mainly towards pandemic relatable subjects. So how do you stay updated on like what trends are like, going on at the moment for your content because I feel like I'm always late when it's like I'm always late to the game to realize something is going on like today for example is national lipstick day and I'm oh. like, I just found out today whereas if I had known ahead of time I could have maybe planned out some content or, you know things like that how do you stay updated well, on what's hot first of all don't feel guilty because I think those national days are very played out and like yeah don't anybody like they're fun and I think they were they made a lot of sense like four or five years ago like every brand was doing that every person was doing them now like with my social clients I usually only recommend them doing them if if the national day is like extremely relevant to that so if you have a lipstick brand sure but like if if it's like margarita day and you have a cat food brand like let's not do that you know (laughs) Um, yeah don't feel bad about that but generally how I figure out what's going I I just read a lot I I take in a lot of content um from publications print magazines online magazines other influencers you know even just um you know following like celebrities things like that I I just I take in a lot of stuff and I think also like I used to be very focused on trend stuff to try to get the SEO and all of that happening. But I noticed that when I started focusing, I mean, COVID being an exception, of course, when I started focusing more on things I just genuinely liked, even if it wasn't something relevant, that content usually performs the best. I love that. I love that. Because people, a lot of people are really having challenges with content creation um, these days. And um, I was just talking to another guest the other day, and we were talking about how basically everything that you do on a daily basis is content, like from yeah. you making your breakfast and, you know, within reason of the things that you want to share. But a lot of people will have a hard time just like just thinking about creative ways to create content and everything. No, I know. And listen, during COVID, it was challenging. And I think, like I said, COVID was the exception because you know, I wasn't trying to like take advantage of the situation, but I was trying to provide content that I thought my followers and blog readers would find relevant because we were all in this like completely weird situation that none of us knew what we were doing. So like that was a little bit different, but you know, another example would be um, actually like, I want to say right, maybe at the end of lockdown, um, I was like, you know, what would be fun? Like all these celebrities have all these different wine brands. Like maybe I'll do a blog post and like, I'll buy like five or six bottles of celebrity wine and just like taste test them all. Like <laughs> that wasn't because of a trend. That was just like me being a drunk. You know? yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. try> <laughs> exactly. So, and I'm like, I did people were like fat. They're like, Oh my God, I didn't know. So-and-so had a Mary J. Blige had the wine. I'm like, yes, it wasn't like my number one. It wasn't bad, but yeah. it was, you know, there were, there were better ones being on it. Love Mary J. Sorry. I but you know, it. Making it fit with your lifestyle so it doesn't feel like it's forced, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, another good example, even just from Instagram stories was um, a couple nights ago. So I I got dumped recently and, you know, I'm I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. We were not meant to be, but like, it sucks, you know, because like I haven't dated anybody in so long. Um, But I was like, you know, swiping on the apps and then I was on TikTok and someone on TikTok was like, I just paid $10 for like some special Tinder version where you can you can choose your location even if you're not there since so she went to the olympic village mm-hmm. and she was swiping through all the olympians and i was like i want to do that so i literally i went on tinder i downloaded i never even had tinder i downloaded tinder 
Mm-hmm. I paid ten dollars. I put up two photos. I'm like, this is like minimal effort. I have like nothing in my room. <laughs> so that bad. is so funny. I changed my location to Tokyo, like the Olympic Village, and I just started swiping through all. And I, I, my age, by the way, was like 21 to 40. Like I <laughs> want to keep it like real broad. Yeah. And I'm swiping. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like matching with all these Olympic athletes, and like you know, it's just it's for shits and giggles. It's not for any reason. It's just to entertain. It's so myself. funny though, because I recently somebody told. So I have a boyfriend. So I don't know about any of this like updated yeah. like dating stuff, and it like really blows my mind. But somebody kind of said something similar to me recently, where they were like, um, what they'll do, say you're in California, they'll drive to like Beverly Hills and like go on the app so that kind <laughs> of like match with people in like Beverly Hills or like affluent yeah. areas, but. Tinder has made it easy where you could just pay a premium and change your location. Go there. No. <laughs> I love it. I love all the tricks. You know, I would hate that if I actually was taking it seriously because then you're matching with people that you're never really even going to meet. So that mm-hmm. that's that's the annoying part of that. But like when you're just looking for entertainment, you know, I started taking screenshots and posting them to my followers and I got so many DMs. People are like, send more, send more. <laughs> Do you like, who else are you seeing? Anybody on the water polo team? I'm like, let me keep swiping. You know? That is awesome. I love that. I love that. So I would love to know like when you started podcasting, because I'm enjoying my process. I've, I've been doing it like a year, a little over a year now. I started during the pandemic. But yeah. when did you start podcasting? And I would love to learn more about a little too much. Sure. Yeah. So I started in 2019. Um, and full disclosure, I like started and then stopped pretty abruptly, like two or three months later, because my dad passed away very, very suddenly in May 2019. And as you know, as a podcaster, it takes a lot of emotional energy and you have to be on when you're having these conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't be like, hold on, let me call you back in 15 minutes. You know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to cry and then call you back with the blog. I could do that. I could write for 10 minutes. I could step away, come back. But you mm-hmm. know, when you're talking live to someone, you, you can't. So I just made a decision. I'm like, I, I need to take a break. So I took like a six month, six month break, I think it was. Um, and then, so I came back. So it wasn't a consistent since 2019, but that's technically when it launched. Yeah. And what is your podcast about? It's a women's lifestyle podcast. Um, and you know, it, that kind of ranges. I've had reality TV stars. I've had, you know, regular actresses. I've had the founders of skincare brands, celebrity estheticians, um, CEOs of companies, kind of like everything, you know, that a woman would be interested in. Yeah. I saw that grief advocacy is something that you talk about. Is that because of your dad? My dad and my sister, actually, um, I lost both of them between 2016 and 2019. So, and, and very suddenly, so, yeah, I mean, I think when you lose your only sibling um, to a drug overdose, she mm-hmm. overdosed on opioids, which, as you probably know, is, you know, a huge problem in this yeah. country um, that's still going. It got worse during the pandemic, unfortunately, um, and not really talked about as much as it should because yeah. and I get it. COVID is the number one thing people are talking about. But but, you know, the opioid crisis has not gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I like to talk about that. Um, but when you, I lost my sister and then my dad three years later to a heart, heart, basically a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of just, I mean, and then COVID happened. It's just, there's just one thing after the other. And so I've been really open about my grief journey and my grief process. And, you know, grief is not linear. It's, you know, it's just, you go back to, you know, there's like the stages of grief and yeah. people are like, what's the order? And like, well, I, I was always confused by that too. Like it's, exactly, it's all over the place. Like yeah. one day you're angry, the next day you're sad, the next day you're accepting it. Then you go back to being angry again. And like, that's kind of why I think that stages of grief term is like pretty deceptive. Cause yeah. I always thought it was like a process that you get through. One, two, three, four. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, it's not, it's not that <laughs> yeah. way at all. Um, but it really showed me that like everybody 
is grieving in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and even people who haven't lost somebody in a tragic way, even during the pandemic, people were grieving just because their life was different. They lost whatever their life was, the quote unquote normalcy before. Right. So something that I'm very passionate about. And, um, you know, I, I openly talk about it. I love that. I could totally relate. Um, my, I have a older, well, I have so many siblings, first of all. Like, so I know when I talk about my siblings, people probably like, another one? Which one are you talking <laughs> about? But when I first started doing makeup, maybe sometime that year, my one of my older sisters passed away. But more recently, oh. my younger sister, she's my god sister, but kind of like my, my little sister passed away unexpectedly overseas while oh, she was so on vacation sorry. at the end of 2019. So I totally get like having to take that break because at that time I was hosting um, friends and beauty networking events in person. <clears throat> so and I just have a following of people who I guess have expectations. I'm, a, I'm always kind of like upbeat and stuff. So yeah. I had to take, a, I just was praying for a break and I did not know it was going to be COVID. I was praying to take a break because it's always hard for me to step away. And I, I wasn't feeling inspired. I'm like, how am I supposed to inspire people? And I'm sad. Yeah. You know, so I had to like kind of step away from posting for a little bit and everything until I was like ready to, you know, jump back out there. But I totally get it because of course death is not convenient it just pops no. in whenever but I love that you're open to like talk about I did a podcast episode on it too that kind of oh, helped me to like yeah, yeah. kind of talk through my feelings and everything about it so yeah yeah I mean one thing I also always advocate for is um seeking like a trauma counselor or I actually work with a grief specialist mm-hmm. specifically and I attribute my work with her which is not easy by the way it's like I've been to therapy like I mean probably for like most of my adult life but like grief counseling is way more intense (laughs) but at the same time the results are are immediate almost for me and uh, anybody dealing with grief I, I definitely recommend you know seeking help because there are so many resources whether it's you know grief counseling or just regular therapy or trauma therapy like there's just so many resources out there and you know it it is I don't think I honestly could be at this point where I'm like, okay, every day, if yeah. I didn't have that. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So if you're yeah, out there dealing with grief, of course, looking to some resources to help you manage. Um, so I want to talk about the fun stuff, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you love to give financial advice. Do you have any like financial advice for budding entrepreneurs that are, you know, starting to vlog, blog, or just be beauty experts? Okay, well, first, I want to caveat that by saying I am nowhere near a financial expert. (laughs) Don't sue me. But um, no, I mean, you know, I'm a 38 year old and I've been through various phases. Like I at one point I was in debt, like $30,000, like just like, you know, like there have been things that have happened and I've luckily gotten my way out of all of it. Um, Really by luck, mostly. (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, there are definitely like no no's, I would say. and things to do. Yeah. So if you're starting out and you're a content creator, make sure number one, you have a really good accountant or CPA, CPA or tax preparer. They're different. Um, I was told that, you don't people who just getting their taxes done don't really, really need a CPA specifically, but just make sure you have somebody good who knows how to work with freelancers, independent contractors, technically is the name. Yeah. Um, because that is key. Make sure you're getting all your deductions. Um, another thing I recommend is like, also talk about with that person, whether or not, uh, an LLC or an S corp is a good option for you. It's not right for everybody, but like I, a couple years ago, decided to do an, a, a corporation. So now 
everything I make is under a corporation, which gives you like legal protection and there's tax benefits too. Um, so it's state by state, of course, California is a little bit different because California specifically, if you're an independent contractor, they like really charge you so much in taxes. They don't really love independent contractors here, even though it's a whole, the whole city is like independent contractors, but for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, fuck you guys. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, I would say definitely state by state. So take this with a grain of salt, but I think the ultimate rule really is just like find somebody who knows what they're doing. Even if you have to pay them more than you want to, it's so, so worth it. Um, make sure you're saving enough for the taxes too. Cause that's kind of what actually got me when I was in debt to the government (laughs) and it was fine. Like I say, like it really, it was scary to me. Like the government didn't care. They're like, yeah, like just here's your installment plan. Like make it right, just pay us back. Exactly. But I was like, they're going to take me to jail. My mom's like, no, you're not going to jail. Like that's like, no, that's a small amount of money to them. Like they don't care. But like, right. in the, you know, in your head, you're freaking out. Definitely got to take some of that and put it to use myself. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> as far as your podcast, have you gotten to the point of monetization yet? No, you know, well, I think technically like when in, I use Libsyn, I think you need, um, I want to say it's like 20, 20,000 unique yes. yeah, downloads per episode. And I'm like, I'm not near there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I have been thinking about maybe potentially pitching it uh, to brands like as a package deal with like maybe my Instagram or my blog, but yeah, yeah, I'm not at that point yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you have a team of people that work with you? No, it's just me. I do have somebody who helps me edit the episodes. Cause I, I don't know if you do the editing, but like, I'm like, I can't do this. It's, yeah. it's just too time consuming. I don't feel bad. Like you're a one man show too, aside from your editor. Yeah. I'm working on getting somebody. I do everything myself right now. So record, edit, even the YouTube stuff that I do. If if you need a guy to help you with the editing, I have a great one. Let me know. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Because I know when it comes to like growing your business and stuff, people always talk about getting teens and everything like that. But I guess your mo- your main thing is social media too. Your social media looks so good. Oh, thank like, you. Do you have any tips for like how to flourish on social media? It's so hard. And, I, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I think the trends change so much too. And um, I think at the end of the day, authenticity is always key and just creating content that's valuable. Um mm-hmm you know, it, it kind of depends what your goals are. Like yeah. some people just want like a beautiful Instagram feed full of like beautiful photos and, and that works for them. And that's great. I think for me, it was more like I wanted to show parts of my life in a relatable way. Um, and also share like beauty tips and my beauty knowledge and all of that. So I kind of hybrid those two. And then there's always some cat photos mixed into there too. Cause I have my babies, Gemma and Gia. <laughs> I love that. Do you have any favorite brands that you have tried over the years that just are like staples that you would never get rid of unless they just go out of business? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, I don't like to pay, play favorites, but then sometimes you just have to, um, Sunday Riley skincare is definitely like, yeah. it's it's good jeans is so good and by the way it's on sale right now for the Nordstrom anniversary sale so you should pick it up if you haven't tried it or if you need a restock um it's so good um I also love their Luna night oil it's like one of my favorites Mm -hmm. what else I love Kate Somerville skincare products are really good too I'm very loyal to them um Lord Jones I love their CBD lotions and potions yeah they're really really good high quality and just wonderful wonderful formulations um, makeup wise, I love Lancome. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love their mascaras. I like 
Too Faced Better Than Sex Mascara is really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, there's just like a bunch, you know, and um, I'm trying to do more. So I, I created a GIF on my Instagram stories. Like if you type in Jamie Stone, one word under when you're searching for gifts, I have all these like little gifts that you can use. I and mean, they're mostly for me. Cause I'm like, why would somebody want like me? Like, you know, like a gift of me. Um, but I have one, I call it like my honestly incredible beauty pick. So I made like a little beauty award seal that I've been using. I used it yesterday, actually. I'm mm-hmm. um, just like, I'm going to put it with products that I talk about constantly. You know, I'm like, if I talk about this product all the time, like, obviously it's really good. So you get the award, you get the seal. I like that. How do you go about making your own gift? Oh, that was a process. Like, believe me. <laughs> so I had, I had reached out to a few people, um, who I thought like had cute style and a lot of them just had really long waiting lists or I wasn't like thrilled with their designs. It was kind of like one or the other. And then, um, I came across this woman. Oh my God. I'm blanking. Wait, I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm like, what I'm blanking on her name right now. It's like paper. She's on paper. That's her Instagram. And she is lovely. She's a delight to work with. Her prices are pricey. I mean, it was not cheap, but she creates everything custom, like their little sketches and she has packages. And I think I did 10, I forget how much it was. It was a few hundred dollars. And mm-hmm. then she uploads them too, so that you can use them on through Giphy and all of that. And it was just a really fun project that I did over COVID. I'm like, I always wanted my own gifts. So it just worked out. I love that. I could see how people can get really creative with that. Oh yeah. It was a process. I'm like, now I want one of me holding a sign that says, use your voice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So many ideas. I love that. I love that. What does self-care look like for you since you dabble in so many things and the grief? And like, how do you take time for yourself just to like unwind and like stay centered? Yeah, I think a couple different ways. Um, I'm really into television. Like I just love TV. And so at night when I like lay on the couch and just like zone out and watch TV, like I consider that self-care because it's, it's just important for me to just like, I just love watching TV. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. I think also just like taking care of my physical self. Um, I'm not huge at working out. I really don't like it, but you know, like occasionally playing tennis or walking on my treadmill or taking a walk, doing something light. Um, And that even goes for like getting my hair done or my nails done, like the stuff like that just makes me feel better. So I consider that Mm -hmm. self-care. And then, I mean, lastly, I would say spending time with my friends, because I think one thing that COVID showed me is like, I can survive by myself totally alone because I live alone. I quarantined alone, just me and the two cats and I survived. Some might say thrive. I don't know about that. Like I definitely, I definitely got accustomed to it after some time. It took some adjusting, but I was okay. Now, then when I started seeing my friends again, you know, outside socially distanced, I realized, oh, I like, I also thrive in that environment. And that's important self-care for me too, to like spend time with people that I care about. And I think a lot of us, including myself, forgot about that during COVID. Definitely. People got so used to being by themselves and some people couldn't handle it. No. I totally get it because I like being around people too, but I also like being by myself. It's kind of weird. No, I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. Like there's, there's introverted extroverts, you know, like that's what I consider myself. Um, I think I even took a test that said that once, like I do enjoy being around people, but I also do need alone time. Like I can't always be around people. Mm-hmm. I can imagine you just like huddled up all these beauty products. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty crazy in here. I'm not going to lie. There, it's, it's starting to get bad again. And I'm like, I have to keep, cause my, my mom came to take care of me when I, um, I had a rib injury a few weeks ago. Okay. I, I got a sinus infection. The cough got so bad that I bruised my ribs. Wow. Yes. I had to go to the ER. Like it was a whole thing. 
it was not COVID. Obviously they tested me, but like I was really sick. Um, as my mom came out from New York to help me, cause I couldn't really do anything with my rib. You know, you, people don't realize like if you have a bruise or fractured rib, like you can't do anything. Like it's no hard bending to or anything. Yeah. You can't No, It was, it was so like, yeah. I wouldn't wish that injury upon my worst enemy. Like I really wouldn't, it was, you can't sleep. You can't sit comfortably. Like it was just miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes weeks to heal and you can't do anything aside from rest. Like there's nothing you can do to fix it. Nothing. Wow. I've never, you don't even realize the things that can happen to you today. Happen. Like no, that's why every day, like when I write down my three gratitudes, my health is always my first one because you know, and that, and even before my rib injury, I was writing that, but then when you have an injury like that, and like you said, it's something that you don't even really think about. You appreciate it so much more. I'm like, Oh my God, now I'm going to be so careful with my ribs. I never want to go through that again. It was terrible. It was like six weeks of pain. Like it was just so bad. And the doctor's like, yeah, you just take ibuprofen. That's all you can do. And I'm like, ah! just ride it out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my mom came out to help me. And while she was here, she like, organized and cleaned my entire apartment which had really not been done since before COVID let's be honest <laughs> so it like it gave her something to do and like then it started my apartment looked, was so good and it was so like put together and now it's getting kind of bad again because we get you know when you're an influencer you just get so many mailings and so many things sent to you and I do have like a donation bin mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm like oh I want to test this so I'll put it on my dining room table and then it stays here for way longer than it should yeah. <laughs> so I need to be better about that yeah. Any tips for people who want to start being influencers? Because I think more so people just want to do it because they want to get like free products. Well, number one, if that's the reason you want to do it, then don't do it because that like it's so much work that people don't realize. And yeah, it'll be fun at the beginning to just get some some free stuff. But it's the amount of work you have to put in to actually be successful. Like you're you get to a point where you're like, please don't send me any more shit. Like, <laughs> I've been at that point for several years now. Wow. Unless I like really want to try it, like, please don't send it to me. I don't, you know, I, like I live in a one bedroom apartment. If I had a huge house where I could have like a room dedicated to this, like that's different, right. but you know, it's a nice size one bedroom, but like, I just can't be surrounded by this stuff all the time. And I donate once a month. Like I have a couple boxes every month full of stuff that I donate. So you know, I don't know that feeling yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my, my tip would be only do it if you really want to like you love creating content if that that's really needs to be your reason it should not be to get free stuff or to make money because you mm -hmm. also you probably won't get free stuff or make money for a substantial amount of time mm -hmm, got you so I'm, I'm imagining like over the years of you getting so many products you're able to kind of tell when some of the stuff is the same and something is like innovative have you yes. come across that a lot oh my god yes like <laughs> and you're completely you hit the nail on the head with that I think um when you've been doing it as long as I have, especially with my marketing and PR background, you can kind of sniff out like what the BS launches. You're like, I don't know. Like, what is the point of this moisturizer? Like, yeah. you know, um, and innovation is, uh, you know, I think in our world, very much appreciated when there's something that is just different and new. And I mean, one example recently is my friend, Allison, uh, owns a brand called Mara Beauty and they're known for their skincare and they've done quite well. And she just launched as an SPF for the face, that's a serum and it's quote unquote clean, which means there's like, you know, certain chemicals that they're not using and whatnot. Um, and it's so good. Like I bought it. Cause I like, you know, I don't like to ask her for stuff and I'm just like, I'm just going to buy it because I, I know it's going to be good. And I was like, this is, this is new, right? Like you don't really see face sunscreens that are in serum form very often. Right. It's texture. It like melts into your skin. There's no white cast. Cause a lot of times too, with like the clean natural formulas that are 
you know, physical sunscreens, usually zinc based, Mm -hmm. they, even on my white skin, like I look like a ghost. So most people can't really use them and there's no white cast on this at all. And like, it's been getting so much press, people saying the exact same thing. They're like, this is like, how did nobody think of this before? Like, why are there no serums, sunscreens for the face? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People ask me all the time, being a makeup artist, they're like, would you ever come out with a beauty product? And I'm like, I feel like it's so much of the same stuff that if I did do something, I would want it to be like innovative in a way where it's a little bit different. Yeah. Makeup is tough because like, it's like, you can only do so much to a lipstick or an eyeshadow, right? Like maybe you can add some ingredients that help out the skin in some way. But yeah, it, I think makeup is much harder to have innovation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this has been such a great chat. Yes, thank I you love for having this. me. Definitely. So what are you working on, like your legacy to be? I always talk to people about their legacy. Like when this is all said and done, what, what do you want people to say about Jamie? Oh, wow. You have so many good questions. Um, I think at the end of the day, I hope people just say she was a good person who genuinely cared about people. And she tried, you know, she did the best she could. Nobody's perfect. Uh, We all make mistakes, myself included, of course. And like, everybody's just trying to do their best. And that's what I try to do every single day. So I hope people see that. I love that. What's next for you? Anything coming up? I am working on a book proposal, actually. I just got it. I had an agent who ghosted me. That, that's a whole other story. Ghosting <laughs> is rude. Anybody listening who's a professional, don't ghost people. Of course, there's always going to be emails that maybe you forget. But when somebody follows up with you, don't ghost them. It is. It will always come by to, back to bite you in the butt, too. You're shaking your head. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have an unofficial shit list. It's not written down, <laughs> but it's in my brain. And it's always been there. And like, there's people from like middle school that are still on that shit list. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's growing by the day. And currently I would say the people who are like most recently have been added to the shit list are ghosters, like professional ghosters. That's Just crazy. don't do it. It takes two seconds to send a polite, no, thank you. A polite, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So that's that I'll get off my soapbox with that. But anyway, I got ghosted. Got a new agent finally, and she's amazing. So like, I do think things happen for a reason. Um, And hopefully we can sell it. Fingers crossed. Everybody send good vibes and energy to me. (laughs) That's awesome. I look forward to seeing it. I know it's going to happen. Oh, thank you. Definitely. So thank you so much for sharing with us. I really appreciate your time. Before you go, I have to ask you the Friends and Beauty rapid fire questions. Yes. So whatever comes to your mind first, just spit it out. First one is, what are the top three keys to your success so far? Top three keys. Um, Being honest, always. I think that's just a life lesson. Um, Being persistent slash hardworking and being kind. I think that's underrated in business. People just, you just need to be easy to work with. Be nice. It's simple, but it's true. It works. Absolutely. How do you measure your success? Oh God, that's a hard one because... (laughs) You know, I think I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. That's what I've been told by my grief counselor. Um, (laughs) So it's hard. People probably look at me from the outside and think I'm super successful. And I know in a lot of ways I am, but, um, you know, I'm never where I want to be. And that's just part of my constant growth journey and evolution. But I think I measure success by just simply making small achievements and, and reaching small goals that I set for myself. I love that. And the imposter syndrome is real. I have an episode yes. about that too. Oh, I gotta listen to that one. Yeah. We all go through it. Um, what's the best advice you've ever received? I think, I mean, it changes based on like what's going on in my life, but I think most recently I would say there was a quote and I, I don't remember, I'm sorry who said it, but it's pretty famous. I've seen it online a million times. Um, somebody said, if it doesn't matter 
five years from now, don't give it five minutes of your attention Mm -hmm. because I think I'm a little bit of a dweller and I have a hard time letting go of stuff. And, um, you know, I think it's hard and talking about personal and professional, you know, it's, it's, there are things that just stick with me that still bother me. And so I've tried to use that kind of measurement tool of like, okay, five years from now, like when I'm in my forties and have a kid and like, am I going to really give a shit about this? And most of the time right. the answer is no. Right. I love that. I've heard that before too. And I use yeah. that on people sometimes when I'm giving them advice. Yep. <laughs> easier said like, than done though. It is easier said than done. You have to right. practice it. You're in the heat of the moment. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there is a, a, a blogger out there somewhere that is just ready to like throw in the towel and give up. They've been blogging for years and they're not seeing any anything come to fruition from it, I guess. Like what advice would you give to them if they're just ready to give up? I would probably say, take a, maybe take a break first before you completely quit. Unless there's a real reason, unless you're like, you know, this isn't good for my mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. I have something with my family going on that I need, that needs my attention. Like those are legitimate reasons. If you're just like, I'm over this, I would say maybe take a month or two off and just see how you feel after that. Because I think a lot of times with content creation, it could simply just be like, you just are not feeling very creative in that moment. And that's happened to me many times over the years. Um, so yeah, take a step back and just reevaluate. And after a month or two, if you still feel that way, then I think it's okay to quit. I am not somebody who shames quitters. I mean, Simone Biles, like, I know that's like very topical right now. Like I'm like, good for her. Like you don't owe anybody anything and none of us do. And if you're doing something because you feel like you have to, that isn't making you happy. And I'm not talking like, of course there's exceptions, right? Like everybody has to work so that they can pay their bills. That's different. But if you're doing something creative, that's a hobby. Like you don't need to do that if it doesn't make you happy. Right, right. I love that. I love that. Cause there is a lot of shame with people that quit, but if it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. Okay. Life is too short. I think that's also a generational thing too. Like our parents' generation were not quitters. Like they would just, they'll, like, they'll stay at a job for like 40 years that just like made them freaking miserable. And like our generation, yeah, miserable. yes. And like our generation's like, we're just not like that. Like we all like grew up like, and then we wanted to invent apps and become millionaires, which is like, okay. happy, okay. Our happiness leaves more than money. And honestly, the older I get, it does. And it I, does. of course, you know, you do need to make enough money to pay your bills and to live, but at the end of the day, like I am much happier making what I do now versus like maybe staying in that corporate path and making more money. Like I, I don't have any regrets about that. Yeah, I love that. What's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the friends and beauty community? I would say Canva is probably my number one. I mean, it's yeah, you like Canva too. Yeah, okay. it's like not even a secret anymore. But it was like when I when I found out about it. Yeah, Canva. Like if you can't afford to hire a graphic designer. It's just so that's how I make all my, um, my podcast graphics in Canva. Like I had a designers like create a template for me and then I just like pop stuff in. It's so easy. Canva's amazing for that. It's like Photoshop for dummies. Essentially. I call okay. it. Um, also I would say like weirdly, as much as I don't like Facebook on a personal level, there are a lot of really good professional Facebook groups. Okay. And so whatever your field is, just check out some of the groups. Like I actually met my new book agent from one of those Facebook groups, which is so unexpected. And like, I was telling my friend Janine, I'm like, I feel like a loser posting on here that I'm looking for a new agent. And she was like, why do you feel like a loser? Like, this is what the group is for. Like, yeah, they're in there. Have, yeah. She's like, you don't have to say that you got ghosted. I'm like, that's true. I ended up telling my agent after the fact that I did get ghosted because I wanted to be honest about it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
And she's like, don't post that in your post. Like, don't say that. Just say you're, you have this idea. You're looking for a literary agent and see what happens. And I'm like, okay, fine. I guess like, what can it hurt? And then I found this amazing, amazing agent there. So yeah, I think the, the Facebook work groups are kind of an underrated uh, asset that people don't use. I, I use it in all, I mean, I'm like four or five of them and they all had different purposes and I think they're great. Do you have any groups in particular that you, um, that pop out to you? Um, well, I guess it depends what field you're in, but for mm-hmm. me, like, for like free, my freelance writing and for my marketing stuff, um, my friend Bryce started a group called Sharing Ops PR and Freelancers. Mm-hmm. And it's like people can say, oh, I'm writing a story about XYZ. And then PR people can respond and say, oh, I have this client, blah, 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 and vice versa. So yeah, that's probably my, my go-to. Okay, love that. So the last one, just fill in the blank. I want you to say, my name is blank. And the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is. My name is Jamie Stone, and the key to longevity and success is, I would say, going with your gut and always remembering that life is short and you should do what makes you happy. I love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. Share all of your social media, your website, wherever you would like people to find you. Yeah. So my podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and all the things. Stitcher. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even remember what it's on everything. And it's called A Little Too Much with Jamie Stone. My blog is honestlyjamie.com. And I'm on TikTok and Instagram at I-T-S-J-A-M-I-E Stone. It's Jamie Stone. Yay. Thank you so much, Jamie, for this. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget sharing is caring share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe rate and review on apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show plus we'd love to hear your feedback connect with us on all social media platforms at friends in beauty hashtag friends in beauty to join the conversation and join our friends in beauty facebook community to stay connected talk to you soon